You're listening to the Bold Face Truth Podcast with Amy Green-Smith. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at amygreensmith.com slash EP424. there. Check you out listening to self-help pods and working on yourself. Fuck yeah. You know those situations where your boss asks you to take on yet another project at work or your partner asks you what's bothering you and you respond with a bold-faced lie? What would shift for you if you actually started telling the bold-faced truth? Everything. Listen, if you struggle with people-pleasing, perfectionism, believing in yourself, and could use a little help with boundaries or navigating tough conversations, you are in the right place. I am Amy Green-Smith. I'm a certified and credentialed life coach, master hypnotherapist, and keynote speaker. Fancy. And I've been working in the personal development space since the mid-2000s. Vintage. Sometimes I'll be sounding off solo, and other times you'll hear amazing convo with super smart folks offering you tangible, easy to implement tools so that you can powerfully start telling the bold faced truth. Yes. Hello and happy new year, pod people. Amy here, and I'm sure that you noticed that there are a couple of changes that have happened. So I mentioned this a little bit last week, but I wanted to clue you into some of the changes that are happening with the podcast this week as well. So I have recently decided to change the name of the show because I don't really talk about joy all that much. (laughs) And as my business has grown and morphed over the years, I've really found footing in the concepts around speaking up for yourself, boundaries, how to say no, tough conversations, dealing with people-pleasing. And I really feel like that has become my sweet spot and doesn't have a whole lot of direct correlation with joy. So I thought, what would be a perfectly suited name for this show? And I started thinking about how a lot of times when we're really engulfed in people-pleasing or so concerned with the opinions of other people, we oftentimes tell bold-faced lies, straight-up lies about things that uh, we feel, we pretend we're okay, we say we're available when we really are stretched thin. And I thought, what would shift for all of us if we started telling the bold-faced truth instead of those lies. Now, I don't think that that means being insensitive and saying like, oh, wow, that mustache you grew looks really disgusting on you. I don't, I'm don't. i not talking about just spouting out every fucking thing you think, but I do think it would be really interesting if we responded to people in our life with truth instead of people pleasing. So that's the origin behind the new name. I've also decided to drop the Joy Junkie moniker all around town. So my new website is going to be is amygreensmith.com. I am using my maiden name in addition to my married name. And now you will be able to find the show notes always at amygreensmith.com slash whatever the episode is. So EP424, whatever the one that we're discussing is going to be. So that's where you can find the show notes for today. And I will also have different handles on various social media platforms that you shouldn't really have to worry about 
because if you follow me, you follow me. Otherwise, you can just search Amy Greensmith and you should be able to find me really quickly and easily. And I think that's it for the announcements. So I wanted you to know that. So if you were looking in your feed and going, wait a minute, this show looks different. It has a different name, but it's still Amy. But what's happening with the green piece? So that is the scoop. So this week, we are going to be talking about seven reasons why goals fail and how to make sure yours do not. And I've done this episode for a handful of years. I always redo it at the beginning of the year because I think it's a really sound reminder of the elements that we can put into place in our lives so that we set ourselves up for success, so that we are far more likely to accomplish the things that we want to accomplish. Here's what's really curious. There was an article that came out by Inc.com a handful of years ago, and It was really remarkable because it cited a study, and I'll link to this in the show notes for you as well, the article, that that identified that 92% of people who set New Year's goals or, you know, New Year's resolutions never actually achieve them. 92%. That means that a staggeringly low 8%, yes, y'all, I can do math, (laughs) 8% actually succeed at their goals. And I think that there are a lot of reasons why that, that tends to happen. And I think we get all pumped up at the beginning of the year. There's a very palpable energy that we can feel that feels uh, like something new is coming on the horizon. It's a fresh start. And I think a lot of people are in that frame of mind. So there's this kind of collective energy around it. And we get all pumped up and we outline all the things we want to do. But just declaring them or deciding on them does not necessarily mean that they're going to come to fruition. So we're going to unpack some of the things that really can help set you up for success. Now, if you have not caught my annual goal setting and 2022 planning guide episode, you'll definitely want to check that out. That's episode 422. So you should be able to find that episode in the show notes or at amygreensmith.com slash ep. 422. And in that episode, I break down a lot of ways to simply establish your goal in a way that's much more tangible and where you're much more connected. So if you feel lost at all around, I don't even know where to start. How do I even know what I want to accomplish? That episode is going to be money for you. And this is sort of the next level of that. This is making sure that as we begin the journey of goal achievement, that we actually set ourselves up for success. Now, there was something in that episode that I underlined that I think really warrants repeating. And that is, uh, and this is, <laughs> it's interesting because it's, I'm saying this directly after Dr. Valerie Rain's episode where we talked a lot about patriarchy stress disorder. And one of the elements of patriarchal influence in our society is such an extreme focus on production, productivity, and achievement, and checking off the boxes, and hustle, hustle, hustle. And 
what that does for many of us, for many, many women or those who identify as women, end up in total burnout. We have all of these autoimmune disorders and diseases that are on the rise because we are just frying our synapses and we're such in a constant state of our sympathetic nervous system where we constantly feel that there is some sort of threat. I need to make sure this is handled. I have to handle this. I have to do this at work. I have to do this at home and this with my kids and this with my partner. And I have to do all of them flawlessly. And who has time for rest? And then when we actually do have a moment for rest, we're voting and judging ourselves for resting. So I want to just emphasize again that when we create goals, we're doing it for our own personal fulfillment because it brings us an element of happiness and joy because it creates something that we want to actually feel. So I want you to be really intentional when you do craft your goals that you're not doing it for somebody else or you're not doing it because you think you should and you're actually doing it because it is some it's a desire of your heart and we're not trying to just keep up with this bullshit patriarchal hustle culture. There's more to us than goal achievement, okay? So that being said, let's look at how can we actually set ourselves up for success a little bit. Now, the first one, my first point here is kind of highlighting what I just mentioned. You set the goal because you think you should. It's something either that you've been working towards for a really long time, maybe, or you think other people want you to attain this goal examples would be something like if you had been working for a company for 10 15 years and there was a succession plan and they wanted you to continue to move up the ranks and so you're thinking okay well my goal should be to make director or my goal should be to get this promotion and you, when you really think about it you you might want to start your own thing You don't really want to continue to move up along this trajectory. Those are the types of things that I want you to start analyzing. Am I putting this on my goals for a reason that's actually connected to my fulfillment or is it locked into a should? I know Mr. Smith has shared before that he had a path kind of carved out to him in his early 20s. He was going to school to be a physical therapist. And there ended up being a whole rigmarole with his father and funding, and it all kind of fell through. But it really forced him to reckon with, okay, in light of the financial shift for my education, how much do I really want this? Is this a goal that I am working towards because I really want it? Or is it actually something my dad always wanted me to do? Or I had been a part of the medical field and it was just the logical next step. So, of course, it's on my goals. And he really had to take a step back and kind of reckon with that and go, you know what? That's actually not what I want to do. I don't – I do want to be in healing, yes. But I don't want to be in a situation where I have to contend with a lot of bureaucracy and red tape and insurance companies and all of that nonsense – Which led him down a totally different path that is 100% in alignment with who he is. So one huge question that you can ask yourself around this is, if no one knew that I accomplished this thing, 
would I still want to do it? Would it still light me up? Would it still fulfill me? Another great place you can turn is to the big why. I know Martha Beck talks about this considerably and off, uh, obviously Simon Sinek, who has written the book around the big why and a couple of books, actually. So those are great resources for you to check out. We'll throw Simon Sinek's book into the show notes for y'all. But this really is about getting connected to why the fuck is this even on my goal list? (laughs) Why do I even want this thing? What are my values? What are the things that are important to me? And am I setting up goals for myself that really align with that? Because I'll tell you what, when they don't, when they don't actually align with what you really want, it ends up being this really sad cycle (laughs) where you procrastinate a shit ton because you don't really want to do the thing. And then you beat yourself up because you're not doing the thing. Like, why shouldn't I be doing this? I can't tell you how many people I have heard set up goals for themselves because they used to want to do that. Or it used to be something that they enjoyed. And now it isn't. That's okay. I've heard a couple of people talk about their fitness routines being in this category where they have goals around getting back into running or getting back into fill in the blank. And when push comes to shove, they fucking hate running. That's actually not their favorite method of exercise, but they feel like they should for some reason. So keep checking in with yourself. What is my big why? What if nobody knew I accomplished this? Would I still want to do it? The second reason why goals actually fail is the goal's not clearly defined. Now, a great question to ask yourself around this one is how do I know if I've actually accomplished this goal? We talked about this a lot in episode 422. It's one of the biggest downfalls that I see people come across when they are trying to establish goals for themselves. They'll say things like, this is the year of my health, or this is the year of my business, or this is the year I find love. And it's like, well, okay, great. But what the fuck does that mean? What does it really mean to have health? Spell that out. Does that mean that I'm engaging with movement on a daily basis? Does that mean I'm being really vigilant about what I'm consuming? Does that mean I am going to two dentist visits a year and I'm doing routine wellness checks? Does that mean going vegan? Does that mean taking supplements, drinking a specific amount of water per day? Does that mean mental health? Does that mean really getting clear on trauma that you've experienced and beginning to heal that trauma? So as you can see, saying something as ambiguous as I'm going to work on my health doesn't really help you clearly define the goals that you have for your health. So one of the best questions, again, is how do I know if I have accomplished this goal? What are those markers? How can I delineate that a little bit more effectively? Number three, this is huge. And in fact, this was cited in that Inc.com article around the things that actually contributed to that 8% of people who did accomplish their goals. Number three reason why goals fail is there's no accountability or you're surrounded by the wrong people. So this can be where 
you are, let's say, really wanting to build your own business, and that's something that you really want to put out into the world, but yet everyone in your inner circle, maybe your partner, maybe your family or friends, think you need to, quote, stay with the real job. What are you thinking? It's not a good climate for it. It's not the state of the economy. How are you going to handle your own medical benefits? In fact, that was something that I really had to contend with when I decided to leave my very stable career in makeup artistry. And this was in, gosh, it was starting to be in like 08, 09 around the crash And everybody was going, this is the worst time for you to start a business. Oh my gosh. What are you, what are you thinking? What are you going to do about, about your insurance? And what if clients don't come and all of this? And really what that was rooted in was, was their own limited thinking. Now, were they being malicious or being dicks about it? Not necessarily. Now, certainly you can deal with that where people are outright rude to you. Like, who do you think you are? But I think there are far more often really well-meaning people who just don't know how to speak from any place other than fear. So that is a place where you have to really watch. Am I surrounding myself with people who can support this goal? I always say, speak your truth into ears that can hear you. And not all ears are capable of hearing you. Even those ears that you really, really wish would get on board. You really, really wish mom and dad could understand why you want to quit your corporate job and start a bakery, a mobile bakery. You really wish mom and dad would be on board, but they aren't. And so every time you express that to them, you get really defeated and your inner critic has some fodder and it starts attaching to their negative talk and their negative beliefs and starts telling you all the reasons why this is a bad idea. So being really intentional about surrounding yourself with people who can hold that vision and applaud that vision and believe in you. The other piece of that is accountability. Now, there's one thing to have people in your life who just root you on, and then there's a completely different facet of individuals who hold your ass accountable, who make sure that you're following through on what you said you were going to accomplish. A perfect example of this is how a lot of people view fitness. I know that in order to move one's body, a lot of people feel as though they need a trainer or they need a group. They need a class that they're going to. They need a running club. People who are also invested in the same goal that can encourage you and hold you accountable. It's something that I see all the time with my students and my clients where the things that we are working towards, which oftentimes is believing that they're enough, changing their belief systems, actually being able to speak up for themselves, establishing boundaries, having tough conversations, those things need support right? So that's one of the elements of accountability that I make sure to always have in my life as well. I have currently three different sister mind groups, formerly known as mastermind, that I participate in. One that is around my hypnosis work, 
uh, we lovingly refer to each other as hypno sisters. And then I have two others that are around my business. And one of them is sort of a hybrid of business and personal. And in addition to that, I have my own coach. So I am constantly making sure that I'm surrounding myself with people who hold me accountable, who call me out on my shit, who champion me and support me. And Mr. Smith was actually just saying the other day, he's like, I need a group like that of other entrepreneurs in business. So it doesn't matter if you have a business or not. It's about if I want to accomplish these certain things, do I have the team in place? Do I need to call in a coach? Do I need to call in a group, support group, or a therapist? What kind of accountability do I need in order to make some of these strides? If you are looking at making goals in your financial life, do you need a financial planner? Do you need a fiduciary? Do you need somebody who can help you organize that? If you're looking at catapulting your business, Do you need somebody who's a business coach? If you're looking for fun and recreation, do you need to have a badass buddy where you connect and you talk about how you want to hold yourself accountable to have more play in your life and make sure that you're having more adventure? So make sure that somehow there's an element of accountability or a group of people that you're being surrounded by at least more frequently than naysayers to help ground you and keep you on course. All right, number four, we talked about this a lot as well in episode 422. Another reason goals fail is there's no due date or no deadline. How many times, in fact, I I can actually use myself as an example, for years and years and years, I have said, I want to learn Spanish. I have zero imposed deadline. (laughs) I have zero zero date, due date or deadline. So I put that on my goals years and years and years ago. And then there were different things that came up that felt like they superseded that. But I know very clearly that if I want to make that happen, I can't just say it. I can't just say I want to be fluent in Spanish. I have to actually create a due date. When do I want to be fluent in Spanish. And then I have to work backwards from that and go, okay, does that mean I'm going to take a class? Am I going to do Rosetta Stone? Am I going to do like a daily app? Am I going to go to a community college? What am I going to do to help me have a really definitive, crystallized deadline? Now, sometimes, like this example, it's a self-imposed deadline. In fact, for many of your goals, it will need to be self-imposed. So one of the things that I did Uh, a few years ago, and I actually am about to jump back into it again, is I knew that (laughs) for whatever reason, I really don't like writing. As you can tell, I like to talk. I like to speak. I'm not a fan of writing. I'm actually excellent at it. I'm really good at it, but I just don't enjoy it. I drag my feet on every single thing that I have to write for my business. So knowing that I wanted to write a book, I knew that I was going to have to really self-impose a deadline. So I found a writing coach who helps people get published and she reviews their book proposals. And I set up a session with her. I invested a shit ton of money, set up a session with her that was like six months in advance to impose a deadline. And that shit worked. It got me to completely finish my proposal. And 
I'm so grateful that I did that. Now, the book's not out yet, obviously, but stay tuned because that's definitely still in the works. But that could be a great example of, okay, I am going to get the business license. You know, I'm going to book the appointment with the financial planner. I am going to hire the health and wellness coach, whatever it is, to make sure that you're starting to impose some deadlines. And know that with whatever deadlines you establish, those can be malleable. Those can be shiftable and changeable. So if something comes up where you have an incredible opportunity for a new job or you end up getting engaged and you have an entire wedding to plan and all sorts of things change in your life, you get to change your deadlines. You don't have to hold yourself to the fire. And in fact, I think that's one of the places to offer grace to ourselves and It's sort of an act of resistance in our culture because we are so obsessed with checking the boxes and all of that productivity, which is which is really, really being in our masculine energy, uh, which I fucking hate the terms masculine and feminine specifically because I think it genderizes things. And it makes it be like male and female, which that is not the case. So I, I kind of prefer to use the the semantics of soft and strong. So there are times when we really need to call upon our strength. And then there's times when we really need to call upon our softness. And exercising goal achievement and hustle is when we're really standing in our strength. And that's awesome. But we do need time for rest and we do need time for softness and grace. So there could be times when you tweak that deadline, you tweak that due date a little bit in in service of you, of your well-being and of your health. Okay, number five, fifth reason why goals sometimes fail is you quit at the first setback. This is a really sneaky place where the inner critic loves to come in. And let's say you have wanted to start doing uh, business networking a little bit more for your company. And you start getting out there and you get rejected. And then your inner critic comes in and goes, see, see, this is why we don't do that. This is why we don't put ourselves out there. And then you just fucking quit. In fact, I did this. (laughs) Uh, many, many moons ago, I was starting my career as a life coach and and working in personal development. And I was segueing out of, out of makeup artistry. And y'all, there are so many things I'm, I did wrong. If I would have had my own list, if I would have been able to listen to this podcast, I think I would have done so much better. Uh, but this was like 15 years ago, right? So I was a little bit of a child. And I started off trying to build build my business, just build a coaching practice right out of school. What I didn't do is I didn't have any accountability or any guidance, okay? So I certainly wasn't doing number three. I did not have any sort of due date or deadline, so I certainly wasn't doing number four. Number two, the goal wasn't wasn't clearly defined at all. And then number five, I started quitting as soon as I had the first setback. I think I got maybe one or two clients and I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to get clients. So instead of 
researching that or hiring somebody or learning about it, I kind of threw in the towel. And it wasn't until a handful of years later that I went back to coaching school and really said, okay, I'm going to give this a much more solid go. And I changed all of my tactics. So I'm sure that you've heard that old adage of, you know, you fall down seven times, you get up eight, which (laughs) somebody brought to my attention a few years ago. They said, okay, wait a minute. If you fall down seven, don't you get up seven times, (laughs) not eight? And I was like, oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) So kind of funny how that that has really taken hold. What I'm saying is just keep getting the fuck up. Keep getting up as long as that goal is something that still really matters to you and is something that you still really, really want to do. I remember ages ago, again, kind of towards the the beginning of my career in personal development, I was working with my coach and I had set up a goal of going to Toastmasters because I wanted to speak more and I wanted to really amplify speaking as a part of my business. And so it was on my goals, constantly on my goals to go to Toastmasters. And after many times not following through and then having conversations with my coach telling her that I had not followed through, we finally realized that I didn't actually want to do it. I didn't want to do it at all. So give yourself permission to course correct. It could be that one of the reasons why you're experiencing this setback is because you don't actually want to accomplish whatever it is that you've set up for yourself. So that's not always the case. Sometimes there's fear involved or other reasons, but it's a great time if you have a setback to go back and review, number one, is this really attached to my fulfillment? Do I really want this thing? Is this just a should? Or I've been working towards this for so long I don't know anything else, but it's not actually what I want or it's not really all that fulfilling. So keep that in mind that sometimes those setbacks are a great place for analysis. And I'm going to give you an actually end with one, uh, a tip that I think can help you with that as well. All right. So be prepared to pick yourself back up. That's the whole point, okay? Especially if you're doing something that's really significant, like participating in an Ironman or writing a book, opening a business, anything like that that's like, ooh, or I'm moving across the country or I'm moving to another country. Sometimes those things are have so many different baby steps along the way that we have to be prepared for setbacks and And be prepared for resilience, really. All right, number six reason why goals fail is your self-talk sucks. So a lot of times we will focus so intently on the failure or on the setback instead of focusing on the solution. So giving yourself that freedom to mourn or be sad or be bummed out if something falls through, like if you're trying to buy a home right now and it falls through and you don't get what you want, okay, that sucks. Let me grieve that out. Let me bawl my eyes out. Let me scream and maybe punch my bed. 
And then I'm going to regroup and I'm going to focus on the solution. Okay. And that has everything to do with your self-talk. You may also want to be reminding yourself of your big why. Why am I going through these challenges, these peaks and these valleys? Why? What is this really attached to? And reminding yourself of that. Now, I've done tons of podcasts on this. We'll link to this in the show notes. I know I've done some specifically on working with your inner shit talker. Anytime you're noticing deflating or defeating conversation in your mind, things like, well, this is never going to happen for you, or see, this is why we don't put ourselves out there, or this is going to take forever. You have to really analyze what you are actually saying in your mind so that you can alter that and switch it to something empowering. So one of the things that I used to say to myself all the time is that is going to take forever when I was working towards getting my bachelor's degree. And I remember talking to a friend of mine and I said, oh gosh, it's going to take so many years. And because what I was doing, a bit of context, was I was working full time, but I was also taking only the amount of classes that my company would reimburse me for so that I could get tuition reimbursement for my entire degree. And that meant that it was going to take me a little bit longer, but it also meant that I would not pay a dime for college, which sounded really fucking smart to me. And I remember telling my a friend of mine about this and I said, oh, it's going to take me forever and I'm not going to be, th- I'm going to be 30 you know, by the time I get my <laughs> degree, which sounds absolutely ludicrous now. But he was like, who cares? Do you plan on being around when you're 30? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, well, you might as well have another have a degree by the time you're 30. And I was like, well, that's a fucking reframe. That is a reframe, a self-talk reframe. So instead of me staying focused in the, oh my gosh, this is going to take forever. This is going to take forever. Or, oh my God, I'm going to be 30. I switched it to girl, by the time you're 30, you're going to totally have a good degree. And check you out, not paying a dime for college. And so my self-talk completely changed around that. And you can certainly pepper your entire environment with self-talk statements that are inspirational or empowering for you. You can use screensavers. You can do reminders on your phone. You can. I've had tons of students who actually make visual representations through like art projects or things like that. But one of the key distinctions I think around self-talk is that it does not have to always be overly positive. Sometimes it just needs to be empowering. So something that would be super positive would be something like, I am so beautiful or I can accomplish anything that I set my mind to, right? Like that's really, really powerful and and positive. But not all of us are at that place where that feels even remotely believable. So you might need to say something that's just straight up empowering, like just one foot in front of the other or keep doing the next right action or focus on the solutions instead of the setbacks, right? Like those things aren't necessarily super flowery and overly positive, but they're empowering and they're moving you towards the direction where you want to go. All right, number seven, reason why you your goals may fail and what we can do about that is your method is off. 
I have shared this a number of times before. When I first got involved in personal development and running my own business, I knew that I needed to do networking. I needed to market in some way. And so my goal was very clear. I wanted to achieve this many clients, however many it was at that time, each month. And I wanted to make this specific amount of money per month. I can't remember what it was. It was probably ridiculously small. And so I set out doing what I thought I should do. I should go to in-person networking events. And so I joined different groups and did my elevator pitch and did the little meetings with everybody. And I wanted to pull my teeth out. I fucking hated it. I hated it. And I could put on the show and do what I needed to do, but it really was not how I wanted to spend my time. I've shared with many of you that I am actually far more introverted than I come across. I like to say I'm an outgoing introvert, but I am not fueled and mobilized by being around a bunch of people. I'm drained by it. And when I realized that, I went, okay, my goals are still the same. I still want to attract this many clients and I want to make this amount of money, but my method is off. I still need to do marketing. I still need to network, but I need to find a different method. So I chose to do online networking and work through social media. And so then my goals became adjusted of how I was going to achieve them. The method shifted. Now, that was also what was really similar with various fitness goals that I've had in the past, too. Mr. Smith and I both have different goals that we have around our fitness. He will have it be typically around a race, like a Spartan race that he is going after. For me, it will be, you know, completing a specific program. I've really tried to distance myself from anything that is, I need to be this weight or I need to be this size because I think that is also a tool of the motherfucking patriarchy that tells us we are only acceptable in a specific body. So I've tried to readjust my goals so that they are more about how I feel, my mobility, my capability of hanging out and associating with other people because I'm mobile and because I have energy and stamina. So I have shifted my goals because of that. But one thing that's really different for us is even though we have very specific goals, our methods are different. He loves working with a trainer. I do not like that. We have a gym in our home and I much prefer working out by myself in my own mirror uh, with my own DVDs. <laughs> well, they're they're streaming now. I've evolved a little bit. But I love working out at home. And not everybody can do that method, right? Like not everybody can can afford a trainer. Not every right? So you have to look at what is the goal and then what's the method of attaining the goal? What is the the strategy? Because there's lots of different ways to accomplish financial goals or health and wellness goals or business goals. There's tons of different avenues or roads that will get you there. All right, so let's do a quick little recap of seven reasons why goals fail and how you are going to make sure that you land in that 8% and knock them out of the park. So number one, 
setting the goal because you think you should. We're not going to do that. We're going to get really connected to the big why. And we're going to make sure that this is in alignment with your values and who you really want to be in this world. Number two, the goal isn't clearly defined. We're not going to do that. We're going to be definitive. We are going to have specificity and outline exactly what it is that you want to accomplish. Number three, no accountability or surrounded by the wrong people. You are now going to be vigilant about who you surround yourself with. You're going to make sure that you speak your truth into ears that can hear you. You are going to source the accountability that you need for your success. Number four, no due date or deadline. You are now going to create your own deadlines. You're going to have self-imposed due dates. You're going to hire the people you need to hire by this time that you need to accomplish these things. Number five, you quit at the very first setback. You, This is not you. You will not do that. You are going to fall down seven times and get up seven times and maybe magically eight times. <laughs> But you are going to keep analyzing, am I in alignment with this goal? Do I really want to accomplish this? And then you're going to keep getting up. You're going to keep tweaking the method. Number six, your self-talk sucks. No, it doesn't because you have started reframing things. You started switching how you speak to yourself in your mind so that you are feeling far more empowered and aligned with what you want to achieve. And number seven, the method is off? Nope. The method is not off because now you are analyzing the method and you are examining how do I want to achieve this goal? If this method doesn't work, what would? What would be a fun way to get to that destination? And then you're going to do that. So there you have it. Seven reasons why goals fail and how to make sure that yours do not. So we have lots of awesome stuff in store for you, a cool lineup of guest experts that will be coming on this show in the new year. So I hope that 2022 is off to an amazing start for you already. I am incredibly grateful to have you as a part of this community. You mean the absolute world to me. So I will see you around these parts next week. And remember, you are enough. Your voice matters, so go out there and speak your bold-faced truth. Okay, wait, 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 just one more thing. So these podcasts, it turns out, don't actually rate and review themselves. So I would be over the moon if you would leave a review, rate the show, subscribe, and tell anyone you know who needs to start speaking the fuck up for themselves. And if you do, I will give you a mini pig. Just kidding, but I will be so very incredibly grateful. Okay, thank you. Bye.